0: This system is the one thing that makes everything else work. Mm-hmm. And so again, you don't have to rethink everything all the time or try to guess where you should be spending your time. If you have this one system in place, then it kind of organizes everything else for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it works for all, all different personality types.
1: Welcome to Let's Be Real, a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Yunus brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at Nicole Yunus.com. We might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Yunus. Hey
2: everyone, welcome back to Let's Be Real. I am so excited to be here with my great friend, business coach, mentor, and we just go back a long way in like life and faith. My friend Steve Perkins is here with me today. Hey, Steve. Hey, Nicole. Good I'm so to be glad here. you're here. I know I'm so glad you're here. Hey, man, what was the first thing that you did today?
0: The first, like the very first thing. I
2: mean, you know, like what was the first. <laughs> Main thing that you did today. I always like to get into people's lives with their lives, actually like. I was
0: gonna say it could be kind of boring if I give you the very first thing. It's like (laughs) rub my eyes and try to wake up.
2: Do you do you Uh, grab your phone?
0: I you know what? I know this is like a big no-no and I teach this kind of stuff all the time (laughs) about (laughs) managing technology, but it it, I do grab it first thing to check, kind of like the weather calendar type of thing. Uh And it helps me it's actually something that helps me wake up.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you said that because, you know, it feels like a sacred cow. Like everyone who's a life business coach or a productivity person is like, get away from your phone in the morning, you know, and so yeah. it's a little refreshing <laughs> to hear. I mean, I, I look at my phone briefly, like first thing in the morning, I've started to put it outside of my room, like not on my bedside table, just so that it's not like I'm not inundated with something that is less than edifying, like very, like as my brain is waking up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good point, because I, I've realized there are things I won't open. And there's very, I mean, I, I look at it for a very short time, but mm-hmm. it does help me wake up because I struggle to wake up. And if I don't, if I don't look at it, I'll just lay there forever. And there's been some times where it's Really saved me from like a morning. I mean, important morning meeting. (laughs) Yeah, you're like
2: prompting. Yeah, wait. Well, let me make sure I look at my calendar. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. So, Steve, tell um all of my friends and listeners a little bit about you and. Um, obviously, I'd love for you to share with them a little bit of your story to how you got into the work that you're doing now as the founder and owner of Greenhouse Culture and doing kind of coaching and content development um, around helping people find their passion. How did I do? Was that a good advertising? Yep. Okay. That
0: was good. Um, after this, let's do a coaching call to talk about how you could structure that. <laughs> different.
2: <laughs> to make sure I'm really getting to the bottom line. So, well, it's um, a
0: funny question because you're, I mean, you've coached me so much, especially on some of this communication stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, the funny thing is, I, we're going to talk about productivity today. And that's so much of what I coach people on. And yeah. I'm just a, a complete like nerd about these days. But it's funny to your question about the first thing I did this morning because I was, I was watching the Zach Zac Efron show that popped up on Netflix. And people was, might know that it Was this
2: happening on your phone? You were like watching a show on your phone. Is that what you're saying?
0: Before I got out of bed, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I love the honesty. This is wonderful.
0: No, it's um I got hooked into that show and it was really good. But they talked about um they went to different places uh around the world and talked about different things that are just good for your life and your health. And one of them was mineral water.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I did not know this, but mineral water is so good for you. And our tap water in some ways is kind of bad for you. So the first thing I did this morning is I drank a cup of mineral water. I went to the store and bought some because I'm just such a nerd Zach about it. Told you to, to?
2: Yeah.
0: Zach told me to do it and I did it.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. I love, that's a great, did you feel, do you feel great? Do you just immediately yeah. it's like a fountain of youth? We should all start. It, drinking it immediately
0: mineral water. revived my whole life. No, it is. <laughs> They did say it can kind of like replace coffee in some ways, more of a natural uh-huh. like wake you up stimulant. But it's it, uh, it does feel good. I do feel good.
2: Awesome. Well, uh, okay. So checked your phone, learned from Zach, and got some mineral water. All right. Awesome. Well, tell these guys. <laughs> tell these guys. We met a lot. I don't even know how many years ago. It's probably been like a decade. But when I met you, you're working in the corporate world. And we were getting to do some work together in some church work. Um, And I think it just had a mutual passion for people and how do people change and how can we create environments that help? And that was kind of how we knew each other. But obviously, since then, many things have changed for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of the short version of my backstory was even as a young kid, like one of my earliest memories is I can remember thinking about my life my life purpose it sounds so daunting (laughs) (laughs) I was like thinking about what I want to do with my life I mean career specifically like career wise
2: you said earliest memories I mean I can remember
0: as a kid I don't know but as a kid I thought about this a lot yeah and and I don't know there were different things with like family family friends that maybe sparked those thoughts um But I always kind of wondered about, like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Mm -hmm. That's probably actually more the Mm -hmm. the actual framing. It wasn't what's my life's purpose. Yeah. Uh, But what do I want to be when I grow up? And I could never figure it out, even in into college and after college. Mm -hmm. So, um, which enneagram
2: type for any of our enneagram freaks out there? I'm a seven. A seven, okay.
0: Yeah, but it's kind of borderline with a couple others. Uh So I I relate to a lot of seven things. I'm definitely big on vision and opportunity and, you know, exciting adventures.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I thought maybe you were a nine with your lack of kind of figuring out, you know, that's a big, a big aspect of being that nine on the Enneagram, which we haven't even talked about the Enneagram on this podcast, but a lot of people are definitely using it as a language to understand themselves. Back to you, Steve, we won't try to figure that out right now, but.
0: Yeah. Nine is the other one that I'm seven and nine kind Ooh, of borderline but really
2: interesting yeah you know, the nine is the only one who finds themselves in every other type that's a very that's distinctive of a nine just so you know so if you're like I don't know if I'm a nine because sometimes I feel like a seven but I've got things about a six and I can be it just so you know
3: right, <laughs> right. that's
0: for your yeah, future that's...
2: your future exploration
0: no it's a good point the types were kind of frustrating that way <laughs> myself and a bunch of them but um so yeah I, I I was wrestling with that question for a long time and I think what started getting to me kind of end of college and then into beginning of career was this idea that I spend the majority of my waking hours at work, so I want them to count mm. and if they're going to count, what should I do with it? I know our life isn't only about career, but let's be honest, it's a huge chunk of of my time in this season of life. So mm-hmm. I was really stuck on that question, and for years i thought i I wavered back and forth, you said we met in the church context, and I thought maybe I should be in full-time ministry. And that's Mm -hmm. something I really sought after and and looked into and thought about a lot. You and I talked about it Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, You actually interviewed me for a position (laughs) at one point. (laughs) And and I kind of tried it out to the point of trying it out part-time while I was in the corporate world Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I don't know how else to figure this out. So I'm just going to try them both and see. Long story short, I was still feeling very stuck kind of at that point going into work every day you know, this is a number of years into kind of mm-hmm. corporate career, but going into work every day, thinking in the car, like, what am I supposed to do? And, and feeling at the end of the day, like, there's more of myself I have to give. I felt I started putting a number to it. I actually mm. literally thought I'm only giving 20% of myself
3: mm. and I
0: have more to contribute that, that are like, whatever you want to call it, gifts or abilities or things that you're meant to, to do in the world. I felt like I wasn't using it in mm-hmm. my job. So I really wanted to figure it out. And, you know, it came to a head where I was like, I don't, there's just no like process out there. There's no, it seems like no one can help you figure this out. So I Mm. started trying to like create a process and talk to mentors. And I talked to friends like you and, um, and kind of started to realize like, wow, I'm really an entrepreneur. I want to help people grow and get more clarity about their life. Like, I don't, I never knew what to be when I grow up. I think that's actually what I want to help other people
3: figure Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> And I
0: think that's why ministry was very like, um, I was drawn to that, but then I ended up doing similar stuff in, in the corporate world. And it led to me eventually saying, I think I need to leave and start a business where I help people figure this stuff out.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I love that you said that too, Steve, because I, I work from, it's actually like in my next book, I talk about the story of having a calculus teacher who like inherently knew how to do calculus and how that's the worst possible teacher you could ever have is someone who just intuitively knows how to do something. Um, and I love how in our life, like these moments where we realize, like I'm I'm struggling with this thing. I'm not good at this thing. Like, I need help with this thing. That actually can become that place of greatest resource for the rest of the world. That it's great that you weren't confident about who you were supposed to be because that actually helps helps you walk with people with compassion into into that.
0: Yeah. I know and you and I have talked about this before. Like it can help to look back at your past and see what what comes easy to you, what you naturally do. Mm-hmm. And as I looked back, it was things like, you know, we're talking today about productivity yeah. stuff, leadership stuff. I loved that. I've always soaked that kind of, you know, books and podcasts up. I can't get enough of it. And I've always loved, yeah, kind of like helping people navigate thinking about their life and how to be intentional with the way you live and relationships yeah. and you know all these things that it just it kind of sucks that there was no path there's no track for that in school like right. there's, there's no job track for those people so yeah. i was kind of lost
2: yeah so tell us a little bit about where greenhouse is now and like what you offer um because you started obviously from your own individual place and you took that big leap which is a whole nother podcast about taking big leaps in your career, but you took that big leap and what is, how would you describe greenhouse now for everyone?
0: Yeah. So greenhouse is a, a small company. Um, we, we have about 12 people who are part of the team in various ways. Um, most part-time and we help people in three ways. So we really help people get unstuck and figure out what's next in their life and their career. And we kind of do it through one-on-one coaching we work with teams in the business and corporate environment, mm-hmm. and we work now, we have a growing membership, which is kind of this online community with courses and coaching and where people are trying to get unstuck and figure out their next steps together. So it's, it's both career related, but also just life
2: mm-hmm. in
0: various transitions.
2: Yeah, that I love. I mean, I love the way that you just phrased that up because it kind of hits Sometimes there's a need where, you know, you need that one-on-one, which you guys offer. Sometimes, of course, we see that stuff play out in our work or in our team. And then there's that, what does it look like to just need accountability and partnership and support and education really as you're, like you said, you, you looked out there and said, there's nothing for me. There's like, I'm in this place and I don't have a guiding, like whatever, a guiding compass, a guiding framework for how to move through who am I and what is my contribution to the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my favorite customers right now is my wife, Ashley, who, you know, (laughs) and she's, she's exactly fits that mold where she's actually barely working part time, mostly an at home mom Mm -hmm. right now, but she's worked before and thinks she wants to work more later, but not sure. And trying Mm -hmm. to figure out that part, but also trying to figure out this whole like mom life, COVID life. And, what, what do friendships look like right now and managing time. And so all of that, I mean, my view is like, that's all part of being a whole person. And so oftentimes transitions just kind of like become more urgent when they're job related, but I think it's, I think it's important in every bucket.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. And I, I know that that's, I knew that about Steve's gifting. So I actually hired Steve, you guys, when, as you guys know, I left full-time ministry about a year and a half ago and I was in this in-between and it wasn't, I I didn't have to figure it out, but I just knew that it was not a journey that I should take alone um, because um, I've learned the value of coaches, counselors, mentors, spiritual directors over my life and you know, once you get over the hump of asking for help, it gets easier and easier to ask for help. <laughs> and I love to surround myself with grown-ups who like love to ask for help and love to learn, are not afraid to say, "I do not know how to figure this out." Is there anyone <laughs> who can help me? Um, which is a big step a lot of times for human beings. So I hired Steve because I was like, "Hey, I want you to walk with me like through this time." I know you're really good at this, but very quickly, in our we had already had a friendship, but very quickly in our engagement, I realized that Steve had ways of. You, you just, you're able to create tools and rhythms and habits that actually um, maximize your potential and purpose in the world. And I probably was a little bit more connected to my potential and purpose, a little less connected to like, how do you actually do this? Maybe like your wife, Ashley, like what is it? What are going to be the rhythms of a good life, and how do I do that? And I was so taken by the stuff that you taught me that was well worth the price of admission. That I thought in this work series on let's be real, I would just let you share a couple of those uh, blocks for your from your own life. Um, we'll forgive you for the phone in the morning. I mean, you know, but the rest <laughs> of it, like how you sort of set up blocks to kind of do hard things, make progress in what is actually important in your life.
0: Thanks for saying that, and I, I would agree, back. It's- it was so fun to work with you. And I, I just have this belief. It's becoming this theory. I have this theory that <laughs> fast forward a little bit in the future. I think we're all going to have like almost this team of different types of coaches around us in life. Yeah. And you start to see it already, right? People go to certain like places for health and fitness where it really is some kind of drift structured coaching. And, and now with life and career and you see like, you know, all kinds of newborn coaches that people will have helping that.
2: Like for actual newborn babies. Like you said, newborn coaches. And I was like, is it like, (laughs) like like I'm in a new season and are you being like for actual babies? babies. Parent coaches, (laughs) probably parent coaches, not newborn coaches. I'm guessing they're coaching. (laughs) sleep. Hurry up. I know. I know. Crazy. That's so funny. Um,
0: Yeah. And so when it comes to, I I view the like purpose and potential go together, right? Because Mm -hmm. you can't it's hard to live out your calling if you don't have systems and ways of doing it intentionally and repeatedly, but it's also hard to be productive if you don't actually know what it's aimed at. I think it's true that once you have an idea of where you're headed or you're starting to get clarity on that i I, I broke it into these five I think there's five reasons why this this stuff matters why having a system matters because the thing is it's not like hacks aren't enough, okay, and I think this is the key point that. A lot of people maybe haven't thought of or that that shifts the paradigm is you can't just have little hacks because then you're relying on the ups and downs of daily life and circumstances and emotions, and so I think you really need systems which are things that are going to kind of rise above those emotions and circumstances and be more consistent over time.
2: did you and find so- that you needed these things? Less when you were in the corporate space? Like, was some of this mandated to you as opposed to like now that you're in an entrepreneurial space?
0: Yes, I'm really thankful for my experience in the corporate world because I think you have to have a certain amount of structure to even survive. Um, But for me, it also came from like reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of podcasts and TED Talks. And over time, it felt like there's all these good ideas. Like, I just, I was always trying to kind of condense it into a simple Set of principles or, mm-hmm. or steps and so I, I can't say that it's it does incorporate all that but it, what I've tried to do is create like a simple system for people that I coach and for myself based off of all that good stuff out mm-hmm. there that most people don't have time to to consume and I've devoted my life to listening to that stuff so it's like okay I can take all that and try to boil the ocean for mm-hmm. you so I think there's five reasons and the first one is like I said hack are not enough. Mm. I think you really need a system. Um, we know this in different areas of our life, right? Like there's things like calendars, there's things like weekly schedules and meal planning and stuff that are, those are systems in our life that help us stay consistent. The second thing is I mentioned it. you can't rely on the emotional ups and downs mm-hmm. because especially if you're a seven like me, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Well, last year I was super motivated this year with COVID a lot of times I'm not feeling motivated mm-hmm. or yesterday I was feeling great today. I don't feel so great. It's raining mm-hmm. and gray outside or something went something circumstantially like my life's great. And, and tomorrow it's not. Yeah. Well, if we rely on that, then how are we going to be consistent? And for me, you know, when it came to running a business, it's like, now this is serious. This mm-hmm. isn't just like, I hope I get the laundry done. Because I want to get it done, it's like there are, you know, customers like relying yeah. on this, or and so it kind of helped me level this up and take it really seriously, so that when you do bring it into those other areas of life, it can be, you know, just as as consistent. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, and you'll hear this in a lot of popular books right now in productivity, prioritizing what's important over what's urgent.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This is huge because we tend to just be reactive and we tend to react to whatever is being texted to us or notifications Mm -hmm. flying at us or emails at the top of the inbox. And the result of that, when you play it out is our whole life is basically owned and directed by everyone except ourselves. Mm. And so the idea of prioritizing what's important versus over what's urgent is just intentionality. And I just think taking ownership, Not that you control everything, but taking ownership over what are your goals? What are you meant to do?
2: Hmm. Do you think that some people live like that because they don't know where they want to go?
0: That's a good question. I mean, I think that is a big part of it. What do you think?
2: I mean... I guess that was a leading question if I'm going to give my own answer. Wow. (laughs) Way to call call me out in my personality. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just think that sometimes like, you know, the whole idea that busyness can keep you from whatever pain, like realizing I don't know who I want to be or where I want to go. So I'll just stay busy. Um, That's kind of related. My favorite counseling question is how are you at being alone? Because um, Hmm. generally we will use busyness to avoid and especially reactivity. Like if, if my life can be directed by everyone but me, then I don't have to take responsibility for my choices. Then I don't have to like actually worry about what my purpose is or my calling or whatever. Or if I fail my parent, like if I fail my children or fail my marriage, it's because I was always busy, because it was always my time was being demanded by other people. And I just think we have to be honest about that part of us that realizes, oh, if I take responsibility for my life then I'm responsible actually for how it goes. But the fallacy yeah. is we're always responsible for our life. So it's, it's, it's not actually a choice to make. It's just a matter of if you're going to step into it with confidence and say like, this is what I want from my life. How do I start moving in a way that, and I know you help people with that all the time. Um, what's keeping, you know, what obstacles are keeping you from what you want from your life? But just a little public service announcement. Guys, if you don't know what you want from your life, Steve's coaching could be really helpful. So that's just a, a little placeholder to say, if you're not even sure what you would do if you weren't having your life be reactive, then that might be a good place to enter in.
0: Yeah, and that is why I'm so passionate about that piece. Because I think you're right. A lot of people don't know. It's hard. It's hard to, yeah. to think about and figure out what do I want to do with my life? And not like there's one ultimate thing that never changes, but but that intentionality, that, those kind of bigger goals, Or that calling piece—it's really hard to figure out. And so, yeah, it's way easier to just check off things on the list. I do it all the time too. It's like it's so much easier to open my inbox and respond to an email and feel really good about that, getting that done, than it is to like think about big goals or or progress toward them. And that is—I mean, there's tons of neuro, you know, brain science around that now, and like real, real research that shows it's true. We kind of we consume less calories by just like checking easy things Mm -hmm. off the list. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're right. It's easier to do that. We we don't have the clarity all the time. So the fourth thing in this list is if you have the system for kind of being productive or pro- I, I, I guess I like to think about it as how to focus on what matters most. Okay. If you have a system around that, then you don't have to rethink it every day. This sits on what we were just talking about. If I have mm-hmm. to rethink my priorities every day, that's exhausting. hmm <laughs> and and when am i going to do that we're so busy if you've thought done the hard work of thinking once per week or once per month or even once per year then then you can kind of just move forward every day
3: mm-hmm. and
0: and then the last thing the fifth thing is that this this system which i'm going to talk about in a second is the weekly the weekly rhythm so i call it this system is the one thing that makes everything else work
3: mm.
0: And so, again, you don't have to rethink everything all the time or try to guess where you should be spending your time. If you have this one system in place, then it kind of organizes everything else for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it works for all all different personality types. So what is it? Teach <laughs> <laughs> we, us all the next 10 minutes. Along. All right. Well, maybe next time we'll talk about it.
2: <laughs> Tell well, us a little okay. bit about, like, maybe you can just give us, I know we can't, like, obviously get into all of that, but... Just give us a little taste of like some of the things that you have rhythms around as far as weekly, daily, monthly in this spirit of, I love what you said, how to focus on what matters most. How do you do that personally?
0: Yeah. So in its simplest form, and you're right, there are are a lot of nuances to like dialing this in and making it really effective for each person. But in general, it's a weekly rhythm. It's like an hour on your calendar. Or if you don't have that much time, I think it could be 30 minutes. I really think an hour is a good amount of time that so you've blocked off. You've blocked off into the future. It's like a recurring thing every week at a certain time where it's the most important thing on your, on your calendar for the week. And within that time, you're essentially looking back at the previous week to reflect and learn from it and looking forward to the next week to plan and prioritize.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so a lot of people have rhythms for like planning or, um, looking at the calendar and it's not that different. It's just that you're kind of setting up a time where you are going to do kind of a, a set of repeatable steps instead of just randomly kind of looking at the calendar or, or planning things. And. And that is where you prioritize what matters most. It's where you set actions to move towards your goals. Mm-hmm. And, and so really that weekly rhythm becomes aligned to um, kind of a, a monthly and or yearly rhythm where you're setting like a vision for where you're headed,
3: mm-hmm. a,
0: dir- a, a bigger direction for where you want to go and goals that are aligned to that. So the mm-hmm. way we talk about it in our, in our online course is you've got like a vision which is what do i want my life to look like in the future then you build goals or i call them intentions out of that which is a small set of things kind of like new year's resolutions just like what are the what are the goals that move me toward that bigger mm-hmm. vision and then every week you're actually aligning your priorities to those goals it's so simple that-
2: but it's it has made an incredible it's like made an unbelievable difference in my life that i have that recurring time on my calendar and if i if i don't do it then i'm responsible for making the choice to not be intentional and i feel it i'll end up feeling it the next week so there is this part of like i'm responsible for my life like what choices am i making um you and i talk a lot about we both like really try to put tasks on our calendar like actually look at what it's going to take to do different work and I'm going to share in this next episode a little bit more granular, like more details of how I actually do that. So if you're like listening to this and you're thinking, "No, somebody tell me how to actually do it," and you you'll always have to customize it for yourself. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I think that that weekly rhythm of and it is not about work. Like I want people to hear this. Work is a part of it. It's about who you want to become. Who do you want to become? I love the book "How Will You Measure Your Life." It's a classic work, um, and it's kind of like. Uh, you can have intentions all day long, but you know what does your checkbook say? What does the time that you spend with your kids say? What does the time you spend with your marriage say about what you actually care about? So it's a lot bigger than just how do I get my tasks completed. It really is about who is the person. What who do I want to become?
0: Exactly, and that's why I mentioned in the goals section we we actually call it intention because mm-hmm. goals are kind of this one one and done thing and yeah they are typically related more to a work setting we do have some goals in our lives but I think intentions are just like a better version of goals mm-hmm. because it's an, it's an ongoing work it's like well I have so personally I have an intention right now to try to focus more on fewer deeper friendships and okay. like really invest time in those so actually today after this episode I'm going to meet up with a friend who is somebody I've been trying to intentionally get together with. And this is not a goal that I check it off the list and it's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, hopefully that'd that'd be kind of weird for him, but it's like, this is an intention. I want to keep growing in this over time. It's like a repeatable goal. And, and it's not ever something that anyone else is putting on my calendar. So if I don't have a system that helps me think about it, yeah, it's just going to fall by the wayside, especially Mm -hmm. in this season of life for me. So it's, this weekly rhythm is a time every week I'm thinking about, oh yeah, this is something I want to move toward. How can I actually schedule an action, like put something into action this week to move me toward that goal Mm -hmm. of deepening that friendship that matters a lot.
2: I love that. I love that. Tell us what that looks like for you daily. So you've got this weekly time, you're setting, you know, we're going to talk more about that next episode, you're setting these plans in place. You're, you're connecting your intention to your action, but what does that look like every day?
0: I'm really glad you asked this because for any of you listening, this is, um, I know we're talking kind of like high level concepts and I want to, I want to give you three really actionable things. So if you just, if you try to do this weekly rhythm, put that hour on your calendar and put it in a time pro tip, put it in a time you're least likely to be distracted. Yeah. If that means you got to get up an hour earlier one day, do it. If you got to stay up an hour later one day, do that. Or find a place you can go. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I go to a coffee shop to do this, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: where you can be undistracted. But here's the the three things to answer your question. In that weekly rhythm, your number one goal is to identify your top thing, your top priority. And mm. we call it your one thing because it comes from a book about this called The One Thing. <laughs> and it's Clever. all about, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> There's so much stealing and fevery in this system. It's like yes, they all is. came from somewhere. <laughs> what's the one thing that if everything else fails or goes by the wayside, what's the one thing you absolutely want to accomplish this week?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Or you and I both um, know, and like Andy Stanley, he said, he said something similar about it. He said, what's the one thing that would change everything? Uh-huh. So the idea is boiling it down to a really important thing, not just an urgent thing, mm-hmm. because that's going to feel big and it's going to be harder to do. But the the point is then you schedule that first thing in your week. So take that one thing and block out time early in the week to make it happen or do whatever you need to do. And I'm telling you the, the result of this is so fun because it's like you feel before the week even gets started, you feel like. I knocked it out of the park. Like, this is already a great week. I'm already like ahead of things. Yeah. (laughs) And it's something that usually gets pushed to the back burner. So the one thing is huge. Then the second part is what I just mentioned, scheduling uh, a block. We call it the deep work block. Like, Mm -hmm. schedule a time that's maybe longer than you would typically give yourself to do that thing. And again, this is stealing from a book called Deep Work that's Mm -hmm. really uh, helpful about thinking about creating that space and time in your life. And then the third piece is just self-coaching. Mm. I, I always like to tell people you need, you need like, what are those one or two questions that like a, a coach would ask you or that you need to ask yourself mm-hmm. um, and coach yourself. So for me, one of mine, because again, as a business owner in a small growing business, I, everything bottlenecks with me. So my question is Steve, how can you multiply yourself? Mm-hmm. And every week I'm thinking, all right, is there any way that I can kind of get myself out of the way mm-hmm. or delegate to somebody else or something that multiplies my time? Absolutely. Or maybe you have a question for yourself around personality type. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. okay, Enneagrams. All right, Enneagram three, like what do you need to do? You know,
2: spend to make time sure alone.
0: That- <laughs> exactly.
2: I'll, I'll get my answer. Yeah. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah. So those kind of things.
2: Yeah. That is, I love that. I love the just the nature of this because we're not talking as much about, and we we can talk about the psychology of like winning and the fact that if you do put your one thing early in the week, you do hit it, there is like you actually will get more done. Lots more to say about that. Um, But for our purposes today, particularly just as a taste of kind of what you offer, Steve, I think that this idea of, how productivity connects to your purpose and how you can set that up. And by the way, this applies if you're homeschooling, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you work part-time, if you don't even know what you exactly want to be, it can be one of your intentions to work towards understanding more of that. And I think if I could give like an offer, like a, a gift to our listeners, I think it's to have compassion and patience with yourself in the process and let that be part of the process. Like you don't have to wait until you have, your purpose figured out to start employing some of these ideas. And that can be as simple as like, your one thing might be, you know, it is, I got to read, like, I want to read a book. I need to find, like, I know a lot of people who would need to find that time to like sit down and read, but think of how great you'll feel when you're like, oh, I've got the engine running. Like I'm moving toward who I want to become.
0: And I love that you're calling this out because I actually think these things Make the biggest impact in our lives mm-hmm. and the lives of those around us when we apply it to personal life, not work. Yeah, yeah. But like obviously it matters at work, but it makes it's kind of more natural there. Things like, I don't know, if you're married, like syncing up with your spouse uh, on the week with with regards to these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Or yeah, tapping into what are the things I actually really desire in life that I'm always putting off because there's always more chores to be done and more mm-hmm. tasks to, to do um, and people buying for your attention. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. That is so good, Steve. Is there any like last word that you want to leave everyone with today from this? Like, this has been great. I was like taking notes. We have everything in the show notes, you guys, all the stuff that we refer to, including those books will be in the show notes. You guys can can look back at that if it's helpful, but any last words that you want to make sure you leave us with?
0: I'm, I'm nervous to say this, but what I'm thinking right now, and you and I have talked about this, Nicole, you always have more time available than you think. Yeah. And it's Oh, so you can hard. be real
2: here, Steve. I say that to people all the time. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, if you don't know how much time you have, turn off your TV and don't, and just like take Facebook off your phone and see what happens.
0: I know. And I say that with total empathy, empathy. Yes. I, I struggle with this. I always think there's, I don't have enough time, but. The reality is it's about intentionality. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe there's something you could get rid of for a season or maybe there's a way to just, you know, I love listening to podcasts. The only time I can do it right now is when I'm exercising. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. But it's important to me. So I don't know. I think there is always time. It's, a, it's about can you spend it on some of the right things. Yeah, Um, And I think this weekly rhythm is a place that can help make a lot of other things happen. So it's a really worthwhile hour in your week.
2: I love that. Fantastic, Steve. Thank you for this awesome, awesome coaching. And um, you guys can get connected to Steve on his podcast. Anywhere else that we should find you? Should we just go to Greenhouse Culture, right? Is that your handle?
0: Yeah, well, this is fun because uh, our podcast is called The Greenhouse Podcast and we just re-aired the episode that you were our guest boop, boop. from uh, over a year ago i think awesome and so people can check that out but um also the website greenhouseculture.co.co okay. and on that main page there's actually links to we're doing live workshops where people can join and dig more into this stuff awesome. and if people are in any kind of transition in life they can also see there the, the membership where we have that community of people doing that together.
2: Fantastic. You guys are going to love Steve's stuff. So check it out. I will leave you the links in the episode and Steve, that was awesome. We're definitely going to have to have you back. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for tuning in to let's be real with Nicole Yunus. We'd love to hear from you, have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with. Send us an email or a voice memo to Nicole at Nicole Eunice.com and We may feature you on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.